Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of the Can I Have Another Snack podcast. I'm Laura Thomas, an anti-diet registered nutritionist and author of the Can I Have Another Snack newsletter. Usually I'm asking my guests who or what they're nourishing right now and who or what is nourishing them. But today I'm sharing a little teaser of a perk you get when you're a paid member of the Can I Have Another Snack community. Last week, I shared an essay called Reflections on a Changing Body, which is a piece of my own body story. It's a story about grief, about growing another human with your body. It's all about the sneaky ways that diet culture teaches you to be small. And it's about learning how to take up space and externalizing shame. And how children, if we're privileged to coexist with them, can teach us so much about embodiment and being at home in our bodies. I offer it here as a preview because it resonated with a lot of people in the Can I Have Another Snack community, and I thought that you might enjoy having it in this format, which feels maybe a little more personal. So this is a preview. It's the maybe first third or so of the essay, and I'm going to be transparent with you. I'm being a tease here by not sharing the full episode because I really, really want you to join us in the community by becoming a full member of Can I Have Another Snack? I know it's a lot to ask when people are feeling so strained right now, and I'm so aware of how much we're all struggling, and we need community more than ever right now. We're having some really thoughtful, considered, and smart conversations in the community at the moment. It feels like a super nourishing space to be in, and I promise to give you exceptional value for money. So if you listen to this preview and think, you know what, I'm going to do it, then head on over to laurathomas.substack.com or click the link in the show notes. It's £5 a month or £50 for the year. And once you sign up, you can access the full essay in either written or audio format. And before we get to the essay, I just want to shout out a few people who actually made this piece happen. For some background, this is literally just a note on my phone that I wrote at like 4am when I was having trouble sleeping. It just felt like I needed to get these thoughts down on paper, obviously not real paper, but digital paper. And I I mentioned this to my friend Davinia and to my husband Dave, and they both really encouraged me to work it up into a full piece. And then I shared it with Jenny Ag, who writes the uterus monologues and is a really beautiful writer. And she helps edit some of the pieces for Can I Have Another Snack? I was really nervous to share it with her. And at that point, I still didn't even know if I would publish it. And she was really kind and gave me the nudge that I needed to post it. And she also helped me make it better with her notes. So that was really cool too. So thank you to all of those people that made this happen. All right, I'm going to read the essay now. I really hope you enjoy it. And if you like what I share so far, then please join us in the Can I Have Another Snack community. All right, here goes. Some reflections on a changing body. Despite leaning towards the more verbose end of things, I've written comparatively little about bodies, specifically my body. Food has always felt more comfortable to me mainly because I'm acutely aware of how much body privilege I have. It feels excessively frivolous to even mention any of the struggles I'm having. But as I notice the edges of that privilege shift and soften due to the softening of my body, it feels like there's something there to say. 
I first remember being aware of my size in primary school, five, maybe six. In the playground, I preferred to cling to the perimeter, hoping to melt into the background and to avoid anything that resembled running, a challenge with the under 10 set. On this particular day, I was surprised that some girls from my class who wouldn't ordinarily hang out with me were willing to grace me with their attention. The three of us were lined up, hip to hip, on a stoop on the side of the school building. They were, of course, discussing another girl's body, because these are the issues even at this tender age. They had noticed, maybe at the swimming pool or a sleepover, that when this girl sat down, she had three rolls of fat on her belly. I only have two, I remember, stating proudly, demonstrating my complete ignorance of bodies, but feeling satisfied that I had convinced these girls that I wasn't actually as fat as they or I thought, and therefore demonstrated my worthiness to hang out with again. Was I actually fat at this time? I don't think so. But I had a complicated relationship with my body for reasons too complicated to get into here. And whether perception or reality, I know for certain that I wanted to shrink away and hide. When I was in secondary school, my body was much larger than other kids my age. I was wearing adult-sized clothes, and not because I was tall. One year, I was fortunate, read, privileged, enough to go to summer camp in America for a few weeks, thanks to some family friends who hosted me out there. When you're a fat kid, something you do instinctively is seek out and find safety in other fat kids. It's instinctive. In my cabin of maybe a dozen young teens, there was one girl who was fatter than me. This was important because I was fat, but I wasn't that fat. 14-year-old me had a lot to unpack. She could either be an ally or a point of delineation, depending on the sway of the group dynamics at any given moment. It turned out that being the one Scottish kid at an American summer camp was enough of a novelty that seemed to negate the size of my body. And for the summer, I felt an ease with my body that I wasn't afforded at home. That summer, I unintentionally lost a lot of weight. The rumblings of fat camp echoed through the corridor at school that autumn. I guess this was an improvement on thunder thighs that had previously ricocheted off the walls and through me. As I noticed changes to my body in the last couple of years, I've been seeking to understand my childhood experiences. Was I really fat? Did I lay any claim to fatness? Famously, fat-positive and anti-diet icons have revealed that they were, in fact, not fat kids as they had thought. Was my fatness an artifact of school bullies and mean girls? Or had my body been colonised by pernicious diet culture messaging that chastised my growing body? I needed some answers. I asked my younger brother, who is my body opposite. Tall, athletic, good at running. All ever-present points of contrast throughout my childhood. He reassures me that I was not fat, and apologises profusely for the relentless teasing. He misses the point entirely. I'm not sad or angry or looking for apologies for hurt feelings. I've had a lot of therapy since then. I just wanted some clarity. My best friend similarly was non-committal. A bit, more just compared to the thin popular girls she said in the text. An unsatisfying response, if ever there was one. 
I was going to need hard evidence. I asked my mum to send me some photos from around age 14, the summer I went to camp. It was pretty undeniable. My husband let out an audible laugh when I showed him. Apparently, he still has a lot of work to do. The inadvertent summer camp weight loss precipitated decades-long warfare with my body. If the preceding preteen years had been hostile and aggressive relations, what followed was active combat. I went as far as to pursue a PhD in nutrition, because then I'd be armed with the answers. If anything, it just more deeply entrenched my anti-fat bias. I was lucky to find intuitive eating, health at every size, and fat liberation early in my career. And over the years, I've done a lot of work on my relationship with food and my body. In many ways, I've been preparing myself for this moment. Two years ago, I had a baby, which has changed my body in ways that I still do not recognise and cannot fully articulate. There are the obvious changes that come with growing an entire human in your body. My hips have widened, my belly is softer, rounder, fuller. My arms, thighs, boobs are all bigger than they have ever been. There's more of me. Going into pregnancy, I was fully aware of the deluge of toxic messaging hurled at postpartum bodies. So when, within days of my baby being discharged from hospital, I was confronted with, are you breastfeeding? It'll help you lose weight. I felt more inclined to punch that person in the face. (laughs) I just added that right now. (laughs) Than to internalize the messaging. What I wasn't prepared for was the discomfort I felt in my body. For all the ways I blamed my body, when at six weeks postpartum, my body couldn't do the things I used to, like I should be able to, and how all this made me feel like I was failing myself and my baby in those very early days. This, no doubt, is a hangover from a system that teaches us that our bodies are objects, machines to optimise, things that we should have complete discipline and control over. Maybe I wasn't strong enough or fit enough before giving birth. Maybe my body isn't cut out to be a mother. And while I am not separate from my body, I am my body. The last two years have made me feel more fractured, more disconnected from myself. There are the less apparent changes to my body. The chronic pelvic floor pain, the pelvic girdle pain I was assured would reconcile upon delivering my baby, which has somehow eluded the capabilities of an entire NHS trust. There's the postpartum insomnia and anxiety, the grief that lives in my body from a difficult birth and a traumatic early separation from my baby as they spent their first weeks in the hospital. The challenges of feeding my baby with my body The near constant heartache and anxiety of being a parent. The lack of care and support for pandemic parents. The loss of community and breakdown of friendships as a side effect of relentless lockdowns. The loss of identity and the near constant mindfuck of who am I now? The loss of independence and autonomy. And the countless other losses and moments of anguish along the way. My body is the site of all of this. So that's the end of the preview. Thank you for listening. And I really hope that you'll join our supportive community. 
The link is in the show notes or head to laurathomas.substack.com. You'll also get access to the archive as well as our weekly discussion threads, my dear Laura column, and loads and loads more. Hope to see you there. Bye.